Well, we're back. Another edition of Real Talk with Chuck and Pam, the podcast version. I'm Chuck Kaplinski, film critic. Who are you? I am Pam Powell, also film critic. Yeah, it's debatable at times. <laughs> and today is going to be one of those days. I think uh, it is. I think it is. There's nothing for us to throw at each other, is there? I think I could probably find something. I think uh, I have a very hard cookie over here. Well, our phones are too expensive <laughs> to throw, so yeah, probably, probably. Yes, as far as today's episode, we're going to talk about Pixar's new film, Onward, the new art film, Emma, independent feature that we both liked, Burden, and I think you're going to mention Ben Affleck's new movie, The Way Back. But uh, where do you want to start with? Well, first of all, I want to thank Sylvia's Irish Inn for sponsoring the podcast. Um, if you are in the Champaign-Urbana area and need a place to stay, go to Sylvia's. It is home away from home, and I am in the executive suite this week. How did you, you rate that? It's Well, see, I, I'm a film critic. Ha, ha, ha. So what do I get? Nothing. I've been a film critic longer than you. (laughs) And also when you're in town, if you're staying at Sylvia's, then you go downtown to Champaign, get a nice dinner at Hamilton Walker's. And you can't do better. Fine steaks, fine dining. And I really like just even going for lunch. Lunch and a cocktail. Yes. They do go hand in hand I at bet. times on you Saturdays. You do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. So thank you, Sylvia's Irish Inn, three twelve West Green Street, and thank you, Hamilton Walkers in downtown Champaign. Mm-hmm. So let's start this off. I can't start with onward. We're going to start it with Emma. Oh, period. something we agree on. Yeah, okay. something we agree on. I got to start it off and on a positive note, and then we can kill each other. Okay. So go ahead. You're you're the you're the lit major. Ah, uh, well, you know, and it's funny. I've only read a couple of the Jane Austen books. I know there's quite a few I haven't gotten to yet. Emma, of course, was you know one of the big ones, and we've had many film versions of this. I looked it up. There have been many TV versions done in England. Four of them. And the first one was all the way back in 1949, right, in the opening days of television uh, that they, they tackled this. I think probably the version everyone's familiar with would be Clueless, the right. great Amy Heckerling film. But this version, directed by Autumn DeWilde, and she is a uh, filmmaker who's cut her teeth on music videos. This version, I think you can say, is opulent. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful film to look at. You know, obviously the uh, posh estates where they shoot this on. I mean, there's like being lost in a museum at times, which is fine. But also just the grounds and the way they capture the atmosphere. And even the picturesque village that's next to these lush estates. I mean, it all it, it's, it's like you've wandered into a, a coffee table book devoted to 18th century England. I mean, right. it's really gorgeous. It, it really, it really, really sucks you in. As does the story. Before we continue, let's go ahead and listen to a clip to describe some of the opulence that's in there. Yes. (laughs) And that has to do with linguistics as well. Let's listen. She's the natural daughter of nobody knows who. Probably no separate Her allowance is very liberal. Nothing has been grudged for her improvement. She is known only as a parlor boarder at a common school. She is pretty and she is good tempered. And that is all. That is all. These are not trivial recommendations, Mr. Knightley. Till men do fall in love with well-informed minds instead of handsome faces, a girl with such loveliness as Harriet has a certainty of being admired and sought after wherever she goes. I am very much mistaken if your sex in general would not find these qualities the highest claims a woman could possess. And that gives you a flavor of, of what's in store. You know, the, the, thing, the thing about this movie that I thought was so refreshing was just how smart it is. And also how witty. I mean, it's it's been a while since I've seen a film like this that, you know, not only appeals to, you know, my humorous side, but also 
in the intelligent way it goes about this story about this young girl who has too much time in her hands and decides that she's going to manipulate other people because she views herself as this matchmaker and doesn't realize all the damage that she is in fact doing right. just for her own amusement. Anya Taylor-Joy, she does a great job showing the progression of the character, I think, uh, going from this rather vacuous woman to a woman who actually does have a heart. I, I actually had the feeling I, I, that, that I was witnessing an awakening. Absolutely. Coming of this age girl. movie. Yeah, but it wasn't heavy-handed in any way. And I think that's the other reason I liked it. I loved all the different characters. And some of them were over the top, but it was over the top fun. <laughs> the neighbor who was basically just this this yammering ninny. Who oh, <laughs> and, and, and that's the most devastating film, oh, moment with her as well. Isn't yeah, it she's, heartbreaking, that she, scene? Yes, I gasped when that happened. But she is, she is clueless herself, but... You don't yeah. want to happen what happened to no, her. No, no, it's it, This is just so smart with so many rich characters. And Bill Nighy plays mm -hmm. the father, and he's in the I think in the opening scene, and you yes, have him coming down the stairs, and immediately just with his body language and his mannerisms, you're laughing already. Mm -hmm. But underneath all that humor, there's a lot of drama too, and yes. the importance of people and connecting and. What happens when you interfere? Yeah, a lot of good balance there. Yeah. Uh, I also like the the vicar. He was a uh, quite a broad character as well. He was. He has a lot of innocence. Innocence, he? yes. <laughs> yeah, but we find out he's not so no. innocent. And uh, yeah, just, just you know, I hate using this word, but it is delightful. It really is, and it also looks at social classes. Mm -hmm. And how even back then there was a lot of you, you can't inter intermingle oh, course, at yes. all, That's and, the whole and that thing just doesn't Austin. work, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, what happens when you do, and what happens when you actually accept people for who they are and appreciate who they are? Yeah, yeah. It, it's early on, but this is my favorite movie of the year so far. Delightful and lovely. I agree, and I, I do agree. like the fact that it's Emma. Period. Mm -hmm. Not just Emma. Because. Because Emma is just enough. Enough said, <laughs> Emma. She. <laughs> is a sentence. Um, she is enough. That's <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> all right. So that brings us on to, mm, all right, let's go to onward. Let's just do right, it. Let's just do it. Let's, let's, like let's, pulling the band-aid yeah, off is, real quick. Is. Just rip it off fast. Right. Onward. Onward is Disney Pixar's newest film. And Pixar's really known for its emotive screenplays. Mm -hmm. um, and Toy Story will probably be one of my favorite series along with Inside Out. Um, I thought that was an extraordinary film. I agree. Um, I don't love all of Pixar films, but I will go screen those because it is Pixar over almost anything else except for Leica. Yeah, I you, love Leica, too. Yeah, you're, you're a snob when it I comes to the kids' stuff. total snob with that. And the thing is, Pixar <laughs> isn't kids' stuff. No, that's one of the things that they're known for mm -hmm. as well, is being able to integrate um, adult humor and understanding and emotions as well as entertaining the kids. I think this film goes a little too far down on the other side of the scale with the entertainment for the kids. I enjoyed the movie about two brothers who are on a quest to bring the rest of their father back to life. He has been long deceased. Ian, um, voiced by Tom Holland, turned 16 years old. Barley, his older brother, um, is now an adult as well. And the mother, voiced by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, has been charged with the task of giving the boys this gift, and it happens to be this wizard's wand or wizard's staff, and a spell that will bring dad back to life. Well, during the spell, something happens, and we only get half a dad. 
Um, and you're smiling with that. There's a little smile on your face. I just like your phrase, half a dad. A half a dad. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> and we should mention that this spell only lasts 24 hours. Right, right. So they are on a quest. They have to find this magical stone to put in the staff to bring the rest of dad back to life. This becomes more of a like an Indiana Jones journey. And I think there's a little bit too much of a focus on that part than the emotion. However, the emotion to me is there and I enjoyed it. It got a little bit sluggish in the middle of the film, mm -hmm. but I enjoyed how they wrapped everything up at the end. I know that you did not. So let's go ahead. Let's just, if, if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to know what happens in the end, I suggest hitting that fast forward button um, because we're going to discuss it here. Well, I, I, I agree with you on, on the, the journey. Uh, it just seemed as though the difficulties that the brothers ran into were weak, narratively, okay. Okay. And, 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 and unnecessary. We know they're going to get to where they're going to get. Right. And, and the journey just didn't, it, it just seems as though the, the, the difficulties they had were manufactured and, and just, the, the story felt tired to me. Well, don't you, you think know. that's more appealing to the little kids, like getting those little right, those but, pixies? Sure, you know, but, but and, as you pointed out with Pixar, they always had that, were able to find that balance. Right. And you're right, this is pitched more towards the kids. 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 Especially, you know, with the fact that it takes place in a world that used to be, you know, like a fairyland, like a, a world of magic, but now it's all gone because of technology. And I really like that. Yeah, that was cool. And wish they mm -hmm. had explored that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hated the ending. I really, really hated the ending, and I thought it was cruel. Uh, to the one character, Ian, who has never, ever, ever seen his father, does not remember his father because he died when he the boy one. was really, really young. Yeah. And for what happens to Ian at that end, I thought was, like, as I say, I thought it was cruel. Okay. All right. And, and I can understand why you would think that, but he, and I'm not going to give the total ending away here, but I, how would he have come to that significant revelation about what his brother meant to him, his older brother, had that not have happened. He wouldn't have been able to cross those things off of his list. And that was, I didn't like that either. Okay. That was a cheat. Crossing those things off the list didn't happen. He wanted to do those things with his dad, not with his brother. But it, it, symbolically, it, his dad was his brother. Again, sorry, spoilers here. But, but it's not the same. Okay. You know, I mean, no, it, obviously it, it, not. it's not the same. Right. And I was expecting more growth from the older brother for him to say at the end, hey, you need to go do this instead of me. Right. That, to me, would have been a more emotionally impactful moment. I was expecting because that. Because the older brother needs to progress, and he needs to develop as well. He doesn't. He stays, you know, the, the same loony, happy-go-lucky kind of goofball. He doesn't change, and that I had a big problem with. He changed slightly. Not he, enough. No, okay. All right. All right. I, I like your perspective, and I, I respect what you're saying, and I, and I did expect him to say, you go, I'll stay here. Right. Yeah. But then let's let's take a look at the fact that Ian never had a relationship with his father and doesn't know his father, <clears throat> and is he going to establish any kind of a, an emotional connection in 25 seconds? He should be given the opportunity, I would think. Okay. But, you know, but that's, that's just me. Yeah, That's yeah. just me. What did you think about the animation and giving Dad a personality? Because Dad was a half a dad. Uh, it was okay. Just okay? It oh, was I liked okay. it. I, I thought know. it was sweet with the shoe tapping and being able yeah, and to communicate I, that way. The scene where they're dancing I thought yeah. was cute. Mm -hmm. uh, it was cute. But I just, it just, it just felt kind of like a rote exercise to me. Okay. Like they were coasting. I know that uh, Pixar has another film already you know, ready to come out What's this year. What's the name year. of that one? Soul. 
okay. S-O-U-L. Okay. And I think that comes out in the summer. So hopefully they you know can that's about? write themselves there. I think it has to do with music okay. in some way. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that ought to be good. Yeah. All right. All right, so we, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think I enjoy the film more than you. However, I do think that if you go, the adults aren't going to be as entertained as the young kids. And I think I you can probably bring as young as three or four to this movie, and they'll be entertained by yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. That was such a civil disagreement. Wasn't it? That was Civil nice. discourse. Yes. yes, yes. People on opposite ends of the fence. I'm, I'm glad you could raise your game there. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> that black eye I just gave you won't show until later. All right, so that brings us to burden. Speaking of a black eye and a few bumps and bruises along the way here, whoa, holy you, cow. You know, this is one of the reasons I like being a film critic is when you stumble on something that is a complete surprise. And this was a genuine surprise. Well, it's based on a true story. Right. About this. In 1996. 1996, South yeah. Carolina. Yes. Bunch of guys open up a KKK museum. Redneck museum. Yeah, KKK. Uh, it is voted KKK. to the KKK in uh, an old movie theater of all places. And this, of course, causes an outrage among the community. Of obviously, there are people who support it, and the African American community is outraged by this. Led and by Reverend Kennedy, Reverend who Kennedy is portrayed was portrayed by um, Forrest Whitaker, yeah. and uh, try to get it shut down. Fully. But peacefully, yes, very much so. But really, the focus of the film is this guy named uh, Mike, Burden. Mike Burden, played by Garrett Hedlund. He is full-fledged into the KKK. He, this is regarded as his family. But he tends to, he realizes when he falls in love with a young woman that perhaps this isn't the way things should be, and she starts to convince him that he needs to turn his life around. Right. Uh, and it really is a, a moving transformation. Let's listen to a clip from the writer and director, Andrew Heckler, who both Chuck and I were able to talk with today. And let's listen to what he had to say about researching and finding this topic and why he wanted to make this movie. As you hear, it's a true story. This, you know, or the incredible true story. This is an incredible true story. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny that, you know, when, when I hear people say, like, it doesn't seem real. And I spent so much time in South Carolina researching this movie. I think over the total of years, I must have spent a month and a half, maybe more. And so the first time I went down, I spent, I heard, I, I saw a blurb in a newspaper, a small southern newspaper that I, I was fortunate enough to have on my feed. Now, you just happened to catch it. Yeah, happened wow. to catch it. And it said, uh, KKK Museum opens in a small southern town square. And I thought that was crazy in 1996. I mean, I thought we were beyond that. It's right. kind of open bigotry. And then, before I got a chance to look into it further, I saw another story about a year later that said, uh, Klansman sells redneck shop in KKK Museum to Black Baptist Ministry. And I just thought, like, what is going on right. down there? So I picked up the phone, called the Reverend, went down there, spent a lot of time with the church congregation, the okay. Reverend, getting to know the town, the flavor of it, what they thought of the story, what were the real things. Um, there was a, uh, a deacon named Clarence Simpson, who the Usher character is loosely based okay. on, who drove with me forever, telling me things that I never would have imagined really never would have imagined coming from New York and L.A. Okay. Um, and that's when I knew I'd spent a lot more time down there because it wasn't black and white and it wasn't about good and evil. It was about people. And love. Yeah, and yeah. love. And it was all gray. And that's where the nuance in the script comes in. So th then I felt the need, if I'm going to tell a story about a Klansman leaving a, a, a family built on hate, I felt like I'd better go and talk to the family built on hate. So I went back down and sort of spent a lot of time in the Redneck Shop and KKK Museum, and then frequented the places that I was told Klan hung out at. 
And what I found out was, is honestly, is that you take the hood off the Klansman and there's a person under there. Whether you like what that person has to say, whether you hate the ideology, whether right. it's everything that's polar, you know, that's opposite of what you are, there's still people. And so the only way to affect change on anybody is to open your eyes and open your ears and listen to someone and figure out how you can affect them, you know, affect change on them, where they're coming from. And that, that's what I try to do in the movie. These movies are tricky. Uh, these real life, based on a true story things. I mean, you've got to really walk a fine line as far as getting the story correct, but also not overselling it. You don't want to put on the, you don't want this to become saccharine. You don't want to oversell it. You just have to trust the story is going to move the audience. And that's a problem I've had with some of the recent films right. like this. Heckler, this guy, it's his first movie directing, and you wouldn't know it. And writing. Yeah. I mean, he just lets the story play out. He lets his fine cast do their job, and you find yourself moved. But I never felt as though I was manipulated. No. And, and um, one of the things that he and I talked about was the fact that Tom Wilkinson, who plays Tom, the grand dragon of the KKK, right. he's never made out to be evil. He has his beliefs. You understand mm -hmm. how he came to have those beliefs. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a family that he has created out of hatred. Yes. And then we have Forrest Whitaker, Reverend Kennedy, and his family. And his family is created out of love. And this comes down to two basic things, love versus hate, and which is more powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's love. It's and, beautiful. Well, and which is more, <laughs> more lasting, right. sustaining, uh, because we see that as well. I, you know, I, I've always liked Forrest Whitaker, but I can't, I can't remember the last time he gave such a great performance. He's so good here. He was on from the very beginning, and Garrett Hedlund plays Mike Burden with nuanced Perfection. I wasn't as impressed. Oh, with him. I, I was because he does. He plays a guy who's not the brightest bulb in the box. Yet he has this emotional change, this change of his heart, and cognitively, his brain catches up a little bit with his heart, and together he stands up for I, what's right. I, 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 I thought he did an incredible job. I like that. I just didn't like his physicality. Really? I didn't like. Him, I didn't like him shuffling around like a Neanderthal. I mean, I had a problem with that. I know you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just so well acted. And it's just, it, it, it gets under your skin in a way that you don't suspect. I would watch this again in a minute. Oh, absolutely. And I, I can't, I hope this gets a wider release than I think it's going to get. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see what Andrew Heckler gives us next. And, you know, we'll give you updates on uh, future podcasts as to where you can see this. Because I have a feeling that you'll probably be able to see it on video on demand right. in your home. Yep. And we'll let you know when that's available because it's definitely burden uh, worth watching. And now... I guess we'll just do a little mention of The Way Back, and that's a new film starring um, Ben Affleck. Um, he stars a man who's, who is an alcoholic. He's got a lot of issues, a lot of hurt, a lot of loss in his life, and he becomes the basketball coach of the team, the losing team of his former high school where he used to be the star. I enjoyed this movie. It's a story that's been told several times before. I can't name all the different ones <laughs> that, I mean, seriously, there are so oh, yeah, many yeah, that, are, that are like this. But Ben Affleck's performance in this, he embodies this character, I think because of his own struggles that sure. reportedly he has gone through. You bet. And also, I think the script takes a little different viewpoint, and it's not just about, you know, we, we can guess what's going to happen with the basketball team and, and the gelling of this team and, and how they improve. But this is more a story about Ben Affleck's character and what he's going through, and it 
This is based on a true story and it doesn't follow the typical Hollywood setup and the ending is beautiful and unexpected. And as you know, Chuck, endings make it or break it for you me. You bet. And this one just made it all that much better. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to go to the screening, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that you can't separate the actor from the role. Yeah. And um, I'm sure that makes for a much more meaningful performance and experience. Right. So I guess we, we didn't kill each other. So we didn't kill good. each other. That's cool. But you have been so busy. So busy. So, so busy, like a little busy bee. And uh, tell us what all your hard work has produced. All right, you how. guys. This is, this is the beginning of our upcoming contest that is going to be starting in April. We are joining forces with, <laughs> with several businesses in the Champaign-Urbana area. And they are going to be donating items for a giveaway on May 7th on CI Living. Each week at the end of our podcast, beginning April 3rd, we will be telling you what business to go to, to physically walk in the door and say, I would like a Real Talk with Chuck and Pam trivia clue. After five weeks and five answers, you'll be giving, you'll be emailing us all of your answers and we will pick a grand prize winner. Right now we have Hamilton Walkers on board with a donation of an amazing gift certificate. Rick Orr Flowers is also donating a beautiful Mother's Day bouquet. Uh, Rod Sickler Salon and Spa is on board along with Virginia Theater and of course, Sylvia's Irish Inn is always there for us. And there will be other businesses joining us as well in this. This is going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interactive. You'll get to maybe see some businesses that you don't know about or haven't been into before and see what this great area has to offer. going to be a lot of fun. It is. It Good is. Good job. Well, that's it for this week. Again, a big thank you to Sylvia's Irish Inn and Hamilton Walkers for helping us produce this podcast. And hey, a couple good movies out there that you need to catch up on. Until next week, 